It's Monday, June 5th, and we have Rebecca Lopesco of Duke's Mayonnaise. Shake Shack is going to open. Best Bites and service charges. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Welcome to Eat in Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eat in Virginia and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. My name is Scott Wise and I am joined as always by my friend, my friend Roby Martin. We are making history on this episode of Eat in Virginia, Roby. Do you know what history, do you know to which history I am referring? I know that the history we're making started by Eugenia Dukes. How That's about that? Right. Yeah, the, our first condiment-focused episode. Condiment-centric episode. I love it. It's all mayonnaise all the time over here. We learned a lot of things about Duke's mayonnaise, its connection to Richmond, and why some people get it dumped on their heads. I can't even... <laughs> mayo dumpers. That's a thing you guys get for, look forward to listening to when Rebecca tells us all, all about behind the brand of Dukes. So that was an exciting interview, and as Roby mentioned, we will get to that in just a moment. Roby, you wanted to talk about something that appeared on the front page of our newspaper. Yeah, front page news. I do. I actually really, really do. I've had a lot of conversation over on the old socials regarding the... Tw- service charges that are happening in re- local restaurants right now and there it seems to be pretty polarizing yes i'm good with it or no i'm not good with it in particular thanks colleen for writing this i think it's a very important thing to talk about there's got to be another word other than thing but anyway there you go so the issue at hand, according to this article, as you mentioned, some Richmond restaurants are adding a percentage to bills, and that is leading to some confusion amongst the customers as to whether that service fee or service charge is, in fact, a tip or just an added charge. This is like a, a pandemic thing, something that came out of the pandemic for the most part. Sure. So as speaking as a, as a customer, I, I would be a little confused, I think, if I saw a bill that had a random 20% addition to my bill. And I would not know necessarily whether or not to tip or that 20% is my tip because forever restaurants have been adding 20% or 18% to bills. If you have like six people or more, you know, every, every restaurant has its own rules, but that's something that you're maybe more used to seeing. Sure. So maybe the delineation you're suggesting is instead of calling it a service charge, like, you know, the three and a half percent or four percent you'll get as a charge if you use a credit card at a lot of places, um, maybe it should just say gratuity if that's where it's going. So should they delineate that this service charge is not actually going to the server? Would that be helpful? I guess my question would then be, why am I paying it? Why am I paying a 20% service fee? Why don't just raise the prices of the menu 20%? I think because people get sticker shot, especially living in the city with the 15.5% tax that goes on top of that 20%. So, you know, you leave a two burgers for $10 each. I don't know where I'm eating those, but anyway, let's round numbers at $20. You leave with a $40 tab. So... Well, you're you're not necessarily saying the 20% service fee is good or bad. You're saying 
What are you saying? Okay, so there's a very specific comment in the article by a young lady named Linda who says that they are going to stop eating at Richmond restaurants because it is the responsibility of the restaurant owner to pay their people. So I am asking if you knew that that 20% service charge goes to pay the waiters or waitresses or across the board, your service industry, that's their tip. Are you more comfortable with it? Yes. If it was not going to your servers, would you stop going to that restaurant? Potentially. Okay. Potentially, because that's a lot of money to and then put another 20% on top of it. I, I, it would, I would, I would, it would be a. I would have to pause and, and ask what's actually happening here. Like why? Why are? If you're going to charge more money, that's fine. Charge more money, but it should be upfront. You should know what you're paying for. I agree. I don't think they make that point in the article, which is interesting to me because I, Roby, think that either we pay the servers, we being the consumers, because they make two dollars and thirteen cents an hour via tips. Or we pay a 20% service charge, and that goes to our servers. Together, that's potentially 38 more percent if it's just an 18% tip on top of my bill. So this article, I know it mentioned a few restaurants by name. Do these do the restaurants, do they say whether or not the 20% they're adding is the gratuity? Or are they just kind of saying some people will pay it extra, some won't? But we just want to make sure that we get 20%. So... They don't really devolve into what it goes to. An interesting thing is it starts out with the boathouse, which has pretty much gone to like an all online. Which is a whole other controversy in itself. Yeah, I I really, I think, or I'm hopeful that a lot of places and individuals, consumers read this particular article so we can start having a little bit more transparency about where our money is going. Um, And I'm... I'm completely comfortable with raising menu prices. If I go out to eat, I'm there, I'm going out to eat, I know that I'm going to pay for it. But I also want to pay the people that are behind the house and in front of the house too. So I'd love to know the difference between what I'm paying and where. If you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and there's a 20% service fee, are you tipping on top of that? No, I'm asking where it goes first because... I mean, obviously, yes. We always tip 3 or 4% on top of it because I assume that the 20% is going to the waiter or waitress. I now can't do that anymore. I mean, I always tip extra because I really think you should, but that's me. And maybe people don't have that expendable income. Yeah. Are you noticing this is a a bigger issue when you go out? Are you seeing the service fee other than the restaurants that were named in in this article or – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that probably more often than not, the service fee is there. Yeah. Okay. I haven't noticed it as much, but maybe, I don't know. I I guess I just haven't noticed it as much. Automatic gratuity, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Service fee, like the actual word service fee. Anyway. All right. Well, interesting topic. If you guys have any uh, thoughts you would like to share on Eat It Virginia social media, you can find us at Eat It Virginia, or you can email us eatitvirginia at gmail.com. We check email once a quarter. Or never. But anyway, we're happy to check all the things and chat with you about this. Scott, June 9th. Do you know what's happening? June 9th. I think it's the last day of school in Henrico County. Really? Yeah. 
Well, I can tell you what else you need to do before June 9th. You need to download the Shake Shack app because it means that you can get and pass the lines, which are going to happen here on Broad Street because that's when the Shake Shack opens. Normally, you're not a fan of the chain restaurant. No, I'm not. Not a fan of the fast food. Not, Not at all. But in this case, you're saying... Go they, to this chain restaurant and order this fast food. They have ardent beer. What is it about Shake Shack that that does it for you? Well, they have all sorts of cool stuff and ardent beer being one of them and crinkle fries being the other. Crinkle fries. <laughs> yeah. That's a secret to your heart. Yes. Crinkle fries. Oh, Ryan knows that. Crinkle. Uh, most French fries are the secret to my heart. I do, do hope you know that. I, I eat probably more than any anybody's fair share, but I do like a hot crinkle cut. I feel like it's crispier than other fries. I'm now just thinking about them. Can you see my head going there? What do you dip your hot crinkle cuts into? Well, here's the thing. Yes. Shake Shack does not she's have like shaking, dukes. Folks. She's like a, Do you know that? Like and I'm so excited here. about crinkle. Shake Shack does not have Duke's mayonnaise. Not yet. No. No, they don't. And it's very upsetting. And I think that this interview will tell them why they should. <laughs> This is number one for us. The inaugural Eat It Virginia with mayonnaise. This is is our first condiment-based podcast, yes? Yes, let's not slip there. It is a condiment-based podcast. (laughs) Sorry, condiment-based podcast, yes. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm thrilled. We've done beer, we've done wine, we've done every sort of food imaginable but not yet a condiment let's let's think about this before we make this declaration i'm, I'm thinking about condiments and we've had no, no mustard no, no ketchup no relish no barbecue sauces no sweet and sours no ranches no nothing this is exciting we're breaking new ground i actually think this is this story i actually did did not like mayonnaise for years like not even a little bit. Awkward and beginning then, to a podcast. And then oh, all of a sudden, it changed. Well, do tell. What happened? Uh, well, I'm not going to say it was Duke, so I'm happy to have Rebecca Lopesco of Duke's Mayonnaise with us today. I am going to say that I am now a mayonnaise on my grilled cheeses. Mm-hmm. I am over mayonnaising my chicken salads. Have you tried this mayonnaise chocolate cake situation that you guys hawk at all the food festivals? What are your feelings on that, Rebecca? I mean, I love mayonnaise and I love chocolate cake. (laughs) So, um, yes, I am down. I've tried it. It is delicious. It is moist. Um, You never bake without mayonnaise. I put it into my pancake mixes. Um, I'm sorry. Mayonnaise Mm -hmm. and pancakes? Mm -hmm. Let's walk that back. Mm -hmm. I would like to know how that happens. You just, after you're kind of done, you know, I use the mix off the off the counter or from the pantry, and once I'm finished, I just add a tablespoon of mayonnaise in there and makes it creamier. We learned a little what? bit about Roby's mayonnaise journey from, from... I feel like that was a trip. Did you guys take me on my <laughs> condiment trip? I don't understand. I thought that was a really nice little lead-in. You from, got from not very excited about mayonnaise to over-mayonnaising her chicken salads. I what sometimes you got to. How did you get into the mayonnaise game, Rebecca? <laughs> Is it a game? (laughs) Some days it is a game. Um, So I have been with Duke's Mayonnaise for three years. Um, Started in June of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. Um, Before that, I was in advertising. Um, So came over from the the dark side um, into the the mayonnaise world. But, you know, I I grew up with Duke's. um, Grew up with mayonnaise, except for a few times when my mom was 
on a health kick um, and tried to bring in something like Miracle Whip, uh, which is actually not better for you, but she thought it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've just grown up with it. So you are the brand manager for Duke's Mayonnaise. So you run the whole brand campaign for everything. Walk me through Duke's Mayonnaise history, how it's Richmond connected for people that might not know. Yeah. So Duke's Mayonnaise was started in Greenville, South Carolina by a woman named Eugenia Duke. And she was making sandwiches for the soldiers who were at um, Camp Sevier in Greenville. And so she, you know, rumor has it that she was selling up to 10,000 sandwiches a day. She thought it was the chicken salad that she was making or the pimento cheese. It turns out that it was actually the mayonnaise on the sandwiches that the people wanted. Um, so she would get letters from the soldiers who weren't at training anymore. You know, this is World War I, um, asking for bottles of the mayonnaise that she put on the sandwich. So in 1923, she started bottling it. And um, when production got too much for, um, you know, for her, she sold the business to CF Sour. And that was in 1929. So Dukes has been owned by the Sour family um, since 1929. Holy mackerel. And that's the Richmond connection. That's the Richmond connection, yeah. Because the Sour family is... A Richmond family. Yes. Yep. Um, and they know Sours in Greenville, too. I mean, our, our biggest plant is in Greenville. We have one in Greenville, one in Kansas. But Greenville, um, you know, it's still made. Dukes is still made there today. Owned by CF Sour here, which is like very near where we're sitting, actually. Just renovating that fun little thing. They also make spices. I bet you some of those spices they put in the mayonnaise now. Isn't there like like flavors? Yeah, there's a little paprika in Dukes. Um, yeah, but but Dukes, the the spice and the condiment sides of the business are pretty separate. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Like so, nice little line in between the Dukes and the mm-hmm. like church and state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't mix spice people and the mayo people. They just, they don't talk much. Well, you guys really do big campaigns for Dukes out of here in Richmond, though. Like you guys, do you push it out all over the East Coast mm-hmm. from Richmond? Yes. Yeah. So our team is based in Richmond. Um, We work with agencies here in Richmond, a creative agency here in Richmond. And um, yeah, we are we are all over the South. And and actually, we're national because Kroger has just taken the brand um, on a national level. But we we advertise and and market the brand all over the Southeast. It's so funny because being from Richmond, growing up here, being born here, you just think of Dukes as like, Everyone knows what Dukes is. It's in California. It's in Hawaii. It's in Texas. It's everywhere. But you're saying that that's not necessarily, that's just becoming the case? Yeah. I mean, Dukes is really a Southern brand. Um, it's known mostly in the in the South. And it is expanding. And there's, there's definitely um, want for Dukes outside of the South. But it's been a, it's been a pretty standard Southern brand for over 100 years. So how does someone in Richmond, Virginia, um, I'm not saying we're large, I'm not saying we're small, push Dukes from us, our, our little city? Like what, how does that start? Like when you become the brand manager, what is dumped into your lap? 
<laughs> mayonnaise. Lots and that's, lots of mayonnaise. Yeah, that's. A, um, that's I don't a know if it was question. like dumped into your lap, <laughs> poured creamily onto you and your desk. No bad. Okay. Uh, knifed onto a pretty piece of bread and grilled cheese at you. How, yeah. Like, how's that? Yeah, I mean, it is. So Dukes is is a tradition in the South. It's it's a religion in the South. Um, so we have really taken Dukes and just tried to put it into culture, right? And and make it more relevant. Talk about the stories that are already happening around the brand. I mean, we're not making any of this up. We have diehards who literally get Dukes tattoos on their bodies. And so it's really just celebrating our fans, celebrating the product, celebrating the chefs that use us, and telling stories in really fun and meaningful ways. Let's talk about those stories, especially the tattoo one. So Richmond's pretty much known for, you know, big tattoos. You guys put out a, was it last year? Mm -hmm. To Richmond only or other places? But let's go with Richmond first because that's where we are. Um, it's a sign up. It was a sign up for free tattoos, right? Yes. Yeah. How many spaces <laughs> did you have? We had about 75 spaces total. What happened? Um, what were the rules first? What were the, for folks that don't know what we're talking about, can you just take a step back and tell us what the rules were? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> she's laughing because I think this was a big situation. <laughs> no. So we, we had a, so we worked with Yellowbird Tattoo. Um, and Joseph Fessman over there and his team were amazing. So they really ran the event. Um, we were just there sponsoring it. So we worked with him, had a flash sheet of about 50 tattoo designs, um, just kind of all across the board. There were there were deviled eggs. There was a death to Hellman's, um, you know, a... a Burgers, so just lots of different tattoos. Figurative death to Hellman's. Figuratively, yes. yes. Tombstone, you know, RIP. Um, <laughs> and and so we opened up the wait list, and we only had about 75 spaces, and we filled up in less than an hour, a thousand people had already signed up. Mm-hmm. So as the brand manager, like how that all, make you Richmonders feel? or other people that wanted to come to Yellowbird to get tattoos, like how many people do you think were local? I would say about 90% were local. What? Mm-hmm. We had some people travel in from North Carolina, you know, DC, Charlottesville, but most people were local in Richmond. So how do you turn down 925 people? <laughs> That want your brand on their body. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we basically just, you know, said next time. time. (laughs) You want to know what? We love you. Dukes loves you. We'd like you to have us on your body, but you're going to have to wait for next year. They were were free tattoos, but the flash sheet is still at Yellowbird. So you can can still go and get a Dukes tattoo. Now, Mm -hmm. I see some art on your arm. Is it a Dukes tattoo? I do. I have one. Yes. I mean, just one, because I think two would be excessive. But, um, <laughs> yes, I did get a Duke's Let me see. Tattoo. Let me see. Oh, her Duke's is in a cabbage. No, that's a rose. What is it in? <laughs> I, um, it's a cabbage rose. Yeah, it's, it's a rose. It's, a, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's vegetation. It looks so good. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Are you, so well, what's the learning curve? You said you grew up with, with mayo. I don't know if you really did or if you're just saying that because you're the brand manager now. But 
You said you grew up with me. What was the learning curve on your first day? Like, how much of the backstory did you have to learn? How much? What was surprising to you about the company and, and mayonnaise in general? <laughs> I just asked a question about what was surprising to you about mayonnaise in general. I think there are some things that people don't know, know about, about mayonnaise, mayonnaise. like the basic ingredients of mayonnaise. I think people are unaware of. Don't you? I think there are some surprising things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, number one, the the most surprising thing was that mayonnaise is the number one consumed condiment, um, like by volume and dollars in the U.S. So it's bigger than ketchup. It's bigger than salsa. All the other condiments. Mayonnaise is is number one. So that was kind of the first, um, like, oh, I didn't I didn't know that. But I think in terms of Dukes specifically, the recipe is very unique. Um, it has been the same recipe since it was developed in 1917. It is made with no sugar. Um, and if you think of the time frame, you know, you think of World War One and the sugar intervention in Cuba and kind of scarcity of certain ingredients. So sugar was not used in the spread. Um, it's made with only egg yolks, not the entire egg. And then it has the distilled and cider vinegar in it, which really gives it that like creamy, fatty tang or twang. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's those are kind of the the biggest, I think, surprises for me. And then just how much the brand, the Duke's brand, is really um, focused in on the chefs and the chef community and restaurants and just how they kind of catapulted Dukes into a different realm, um, you know, outside of any of the competitors. So obviously we're a chef food based podcast. We've interviewed a lot of the chefs that I think you're about to mention, but can you rattle off some of the, of your champions in town? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Walter Bundy is, is definitely number, number one. And, you know, I think he, um, what did he say? He said, Dukes is the gold currency of, of mayonnaise. And, you know, he taught a lot of other chefs. And, you know, you had Sean Brock then go and open up Husk and talk about how he didn't, you know, he made everything from scratch except for except for Dukes. Um, you know, Jason Alley, there are just there's too many to to name. But those were probably some of the originals here in Richmond. We talked about the tattoo brand uh, event, mm-hmm. but you're wearing a shirt now that Roby and I were so happy to take part in a couple of years ago, the Hot Tomato Summer. Is that coming back this summer? And if so, what can you tell us about it? I did it last year. Did you not do it with me last year? Yeah, no, Almost you didn't. I didn't ago. ask you to come. Ouch. <laughs> we did it two the years hard together. Truth. The hard truth is, is I wanted the, all the tomatoes and mayonnaise to myself. <laughs> Yeah, so we so Hot Tomato Summer is back for year three. Um, we started here in Richmond in 2021. It was really just a way to, you know, coming out of the pandemic to drive traffic and fun back to some of the restaurants and really help, you know, our core customers. And it was such a fun event. We got great, um, you know, great press and great engagement and great participation. And all the restaurants who were involved in it really liked it. So we brought it back last year for year two and expanded to Greenville. And then this year we are expanding into two more cities. So Ooh. it'll be um, Richmond, Greenville, Charleston, South Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina. And about how many restaurants total are you working with? So, we just saw an eye roll and a deep yeah. breath. Mm-hmm. So, so 
Registration is still open, so I don't know when this airs, but registration is open until the 12th of June. So we'd love to have more restaurants participate. We have about 100 signed up now, but we, we, we're, we're hoping to get to about 250 between oh, wow. the, the four cities. And what does participation mean to a local restaurant? I mean, I can tell you what it means on our end, because obviously as a consumer, but what does it mean for them? I mean, we really like to think of Hot Tomato Summer as like a summer camp for the restaurants. Like we we want it to be really fun. The only thing that a restaurant has to do is have a special on their menu for the week. Um, This year, it's July 24th through the 30th. And a special that just that highlights tomatoes and mayonnaise. And, you know, tomatoes, that that part of July, especially in the South, that's the, you know, really height of tomato season. So it's really just celebrating the food and tomatoes and then, of course, you know, putting the, the Duke's flair into it. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. I'm not going to ask you what your favorite dish was because that's unfair because there's too many out there to pick a favorite. But can you highlight two or three or five that really stick out in your mind? over the last two, two summers that, that have left an impression on you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so number one, and I- She's s- ranking at number one, but- Well, I'm down I with this. Think, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. definitive. I'm down with yeah. this. If it's still there, it's got to be good. And so heck yeah. It was the Duke's mayonnaise ice cream at Ruby Scoops. I was just going to tell you that yeah. that was my number one as well. It was I mean everything she does is delicious, but this was amazing, and I still I mean the last time I was in Ruby Scoops, you know, a week ago because I go all the time, but um, there was someone in there talking about the Duke's mayonnaise. How did that make you feel? I mean, I just you know sat in the corner and um, smirked a little bit. It's like yeah, yeah, Rubia, you go, girl. (laughs) I mean, come on. So Rubia had she had the the mayonnaise based, and it was like a sandwich, right? Yep, and the tomato sorbet. Yes, in a sandwich. I that. Mm-hmm. that was phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. What else? What else? Yeah. So um, there was a crab dish at Can Can, oh, which was one. also amazing. I mean, everything. Honestly, we try. So for the week of Hot Tomato Summer in Richmond, but in all the cities, we really try and have a team that's out. That is, you know eating the food and um, participating and just kind of living it. And I don't think we had anything that was bad. I mean, everything is great. Some are very classic, traditional, yeah. you know. Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Don't knock them. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. No, no, no one's knocking them. Yeah, and it's. I don't, good, I, I'm just saying traditional is awesome. Rabia, your ice cream was still the best for me too. But traditional was awesome. Yes. Oh, oh my, my god. god! I literally sent her a message and was we like, "I have died." I, yeah, we should have just gone with like rock paper scissors oh, <laughs> and just been like, "There Rubia, it is." Oh, Rabia, you're gonna be. It's gonna be rough for you this week. Are there are there any new restaurants you can tell us about participating this summer that had not participated in the past that we can or old favorites as it were? We can oh yeah, part? that's a good call. Yeah, so we have fat rabbit cakes, which they were not part of of last year. Ellen's gonna make a tomato something. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. Easy Burger. Yep, is that's on good. The list. Penny's Wine Shop, um, Cobra, of course. We have another ice cream in the mix, which is a Spotty Dog. Oh, uh, they're good. Stanley's, Soul Taco, Superstar Pizza, Bar West. I mean, we have a, and this is probably 
half of what we'll actually get in Richmond. So I'm expecting about 100 restaurants in Richmond. Just in Richmond. That's incredible. Mm. Will there be like a player's card? Like if you hit a bunch of spots, um, can you get some socks? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm making that up. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So we we always I mean, we're a very social brand. And so this year, the plan is to um, kind of find people who are posting their meals. So this is consumer. You know, if you're a fan, you're out at the restaurant, you post a picture of your meal, tag Dukes, and we will um, then mayo you and pay for your meal. So selected consumers are going to get Vin Mayo'd. Vin Mayo'd. And then also just swag. You know, we send out swag all the time. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm here for a Vin Mayo. <laughs> yeah, just some little surprise and delights. Just a little Mayo money. Yeah. And then we, we also, we're going to do the Golden Tomato Award for the restaurants. And so that will be new this year. And just, it's supposed to be really fun. So we'll drive you know, the restaurants themselves, but also their patrons. How do you get the Golden Tom? I want to hear all about it. Well, so you go online. It's whoever gets the most votes um, online. So, you know, each city will have a Golden Tomato Award winner. And we're thinking that potentially, at least in Richmond, that Tubby, our deranged mascot, uh, will I didn't realize he had a name, Tubby. Oh, Tubby, yeah. A tub that of was mayo. Crowd, it, it was yeah. crowdsourced. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. And then all the Golden Tom Award winners will get together with Tubby, and then there'll be a Golden Tomato dinner. <laughs> no. How do I do this? No, why do I do this? <laughs> well, I don't know why you do I it either. I'm a huge sports fan, Ruby. I am too. Are sports. Familiar, <laughs> are you familiar with the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl? There is one. So that'd be a no. <laughs> well, I was going to tell you. Which ball is it? Which ball? Yeah. Bowl. B-O-W-L. Yes, but is it bowling or is it like a oh, ball? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Which ball is used? Baseball? The football? Manager here is, is, is the bowl is always a football? Yes. Okay. Okay. Bowl, yes. That's okay. Okay. Just Duke's making sure. And the winner. Gets a golden tomato. <laughs> no. Gets Duke's mayonnaise dumped upon them. Like Gatorade. Exactly. <laughs> See, I do know something. Does that occur naturally, or is that something that uh, you guys are, are are behind? We are very much behind it. Yes. But it is because the fans want it. <laughs> So they want to dump see, mayonnaise on someone? That's like being slimed. Everybody wants to see the winning coach get a bucket of mayonnaise dumped on his head. When did that start, that tradition? Do you know? Was it before your time or, or did it start during your time? No. So we've we've only sponsored this bowl since 2020. See, I didn't have to I know. Really yeah, of course. I lost all my sports prowess during the pandemic. <laughs> okay. So 2020, when you okay. started it. And... Yeah. Yes. Was the very first one, did the very first bowl inc- include a, a dumping? It it did not. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we found out very soon after that that is what people wanted to see. And so year two well, what is that was the dumping. Yeah, I know. How does somebody, yeah, how, how does somebody, like, how do, how do the people say we'd like to see somebody? Twitter. Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Yes. And course. they're like, we would really enjoy if the winner, wait a minute, does the loser get it or does the winner get it? Oh, it's a celebration. Mm-hmm. Seems suspect. So, the, the, like the winner gets complete. 
Ew! Awesome! No, tell me more! <laughs> this walk, is Walk her through it. Yeah, I, I, I need to know. Obviously, I'm very, very sports-oriented and completely don't understand why I've missed this. <laughs> so the, the first year, I think the reason that everyone went wild on Twitter is we had a Gatorade-like jug on the sidelines, but it had the Duke's branding on it. So cool. And so all broadcast, you know, people were like, does that have mayo in it? Does it not have mayo in it? It did not have mayo in it. But after that, people were very, very disappointed. Um, so now, after team wins and they do their championship and get the trophy, we bring the coach over um, to the side of the field because we're at Bank of America. And for some reason, they don't want mayonnaise all <laughs> over their field. Um, oh, and okay. So, so bring them to the <laughs> sideline. And then we have Mayo Dumpers, who this year we um, also sourced the two Mayo Dumpers from out of social. We had a competition and chose two Mayo Dumpers. Oh, yep. I'm showing, well, Scott just gave me a video (laughs) with the two Mayo Dumpers and Tubby, it looks like. Tubby has some eyebrows to him. Um, Yeah, man, those are some well-done brows. All right, and then you get a really large hat what is that? No, that's not your brand. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you missed the dump. I did. I definitely did not miss the dump. So you have to be somewhere where there's like yellow, like Duke's uh, tarps. <laughs> yes. Easier to clean up. I mean, I can't say the same for the coach, but this they, is awesome. Great sports. Um, both years. And so we will will absolutely bring it back for poor Mayo for on me. You give him a shirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is great obviously exposure across the whole entire country. Like I, it kind of just fell in your lap as the brand manager. I mean, this is something that like was crowdsourced and you're kind of like, are you taking credit for this? Is this on your resume now? I feel like this should be on your resume. Of, of course. I mean, yes. I, I think our team, you know, our team, we really were. Look at this. It looks amazing. Did you bring a, a bath for Roby? Come on. Kind of fun. So is that like, this is such a foodie question, but the texture of the mayonnaise is that texture, so it does just come right out of there. That's so cool. We stir. So <laughs> the entire game, there is a team in the back room just stirring the mayonnaise. So it's straight mayonnaise, but you know, to get to get it a has little had a little thinner. bit had some moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is a background I need. All right, wait. Let's set this up. This is untold story. Yeah, I love it so much. So we've got. There are two teams playing. We now know that it's football. College football. And don't laugh at me. Then someone wins. <laughs> then the coach of that winning team gets stuck on two yellow Duke's mayonnaise tarps in a chair. Then what happens? Full game stirs. People taking turn. Are you back there stirring? I take some turns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not the not the whole time, or is I'd it, be jacked right now. Is it possible <laughs> if Virginia Tech makes the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl next year that Roby can become an honorary stirrer because she's a proud Hokie? I mean, yeah. it, it's so unlikely that it's going to happen, so you probably can say yes here. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I would definitely 100% go stir mayonnaise for the entire game. Obviously, I'm a very avid football watcher, so I'm going to be upset I'll be missing things. But uh, did you? Yeah. So you're we, not a dumper? No, so we so the first year of the dump with Shane Beamer, I was also not the dumper, but 
we might have accidentally bumped him in the head. Um, this is a might. No lawsuits. We no, might might have accidentally star M I G H T star. So for year two, we decided that we needed to make sure we had the right people <laughs> in the dumping position. So we opened up nominations, and people applied to be the mayo dumper. And so um, one of the guys who got chosen, I mean, he he basically posted like Rocky style training videos of lifting things and dumping them and running. And I mean, you have to be a certain height to some, you know, sure to be able to lift and strong enough to, to dump it. But you know, we're going on this road when you uh, invited Rebecca. No, but this is why I enjoy being on this podcast with you, Scott, because you know that someone gets mayonnaise dumped on their heads so after a football bowl before it became because the, the bowls change names every few years you know so you so you're just telling me my likelihood that i'm going to be stirring back there with well, rebecca yeah in 2016 not too long ago virginia tech won this bowl it was called the belk bowl that back then that's like a department store right belks at one point was Leggett's, now it's Belks. I know all about that. <laughs> Maybe the A1 in 2018. So there is a little bit of pedigree here for a Virginia team to, to make this bowl. Well, I'm not into the UVA, so we're good there. Tech lost this, <laughs> Tech lost this bowl. In Tech has played this bowl game twice in the last 10 years, Ruby. Great. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very excited. If they if they win this year, I have been told that I could um, potentially stir mayonnaise. You could spend New Year's Eve in Charlotte. So you don't know a lot about sports. I mean, you know a little bit about sports. I know nothing. Music is really your forte, would you say? <laughs> yes, Scott, yes. So let's talk about let's, some music. Yeah, you know like me. How, I am a very musical human being. What do I do? <laughs> yes, that is what the people want to know about. That's what people want to hear? I think. That's what they, my email is telling us. <laughs> is that all music and mayonnaise? Your feedback is they want to know about the intersection of music and mayonnaise. Ah, you know what? I bet you she can tell us. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> Tell us about the intersection of music and mayonnaise. Music and mayonnaise. I, I mean, I, I can tell you about the intersection of mayonnaise and our House of Twang series, which is not musical, although Twang is a musical um, word. But it is a series where we are going into iconic Southern restaurants and filming the back of the house. Um, and so it's it's shot really wildly with GoPros and, you know, you kind of like a reality TV show, kind of mic people up, have have some cameras in the lights and other places and just be there for 48 hours and kind of see the culture of these different kitchens. And so we started our first series. Um, our first episode was with Cobra uh, Burger. Woof. In Richmond, it is amazing. Um, <laughs> those guys are are the absolute best. But it's it's a really fun um, episode. We we did Butcher and B in Nashville. Um, most recently, we did Mason Hereford in Turkey and the Wolf in New Orleans. And so we're just really having fun and celebrating all these different cultures and ways that the back of the house house works so next up we'll be in tampa in a couple weeks at angry chair brewing oh wow yeah these are all these are all posted on your socials yep they're all on our socials on our website let's talk about that 48 hours of cobra burger how much editing did you guys have to do 
a lot. And I think they'd be fine with you saying this, Adam. Your full frontal. Yeah, I mean, like, when did Josh take his socks off? Like, what part of the. Um, like, or what? I mean, was there? We have history with those guys. Yes, so this isn't coming out of nowhere. Yeah, no. <laughs> by the way, Josh took one of his socks off on the podcast, so it is not a question that's out of left field. We, those guys are the actual best. So I want to make sure I get that out there. But really, like. You had, what, 15 minutes of the 48 hours that you guys could edit into a good... <laughs> no, I mean, really, I mean, we edited it down to three minutes. Oh, that's so. how much you had. <laughs> it's a three-minute episode over 48 hours, guys. That's amazing. Anything you can share that was edited out that you um, thought was a, was a good piece? <laughs> I, we did not... I mean, we left their personality in. I mean, that's the whole point of this. Sure. It's not to edit things out it's you know we might have had to bleep and blur a few things here and there and um bleep and blur yeah but but overall I mean it was we really wanted them we wanted to highlight them you know and highlight any restaurant we're in so we just we let it fly I am really excited about this house of twang I'm sure like the other individuals butcher him be and angry chair probably clean nice little situation cobra burger metal music and shirtless dudes yep (laughs) i love it i think one of our local really great bartenders he just won a big competition steve yang made a mayonnaise martini did you have that I unfortunately did not have that. So I'm hoping that Steve, he actually is the bar manager at Black Lodge. He currently just won a big bourbon cocktail of um, competition. I am hoping that he is going to make another mayonnaise cocktail because I feel like that is an underutilized mayonnaise situation. What are your thoughts? Have you had a mayonnaise cocktail? I have had a mayonnaise cocktail. Um, Actually, one of our mayo dumpers from last year made a eggnog, a eggnog with mayonnaise. So he had the recipe, and um, it was it was delicious. I mean, if you you know if you go back to the ingredients in mayonnaise, it's just oil, eggs, and vinegar. It's, yeah. Yep. A lot of people don't know that. I'm but so yes. excited that the phrase ma- mayo dumper is now part of my lexicon. Lexicon? Yes. How, ma- how much are you going to use that? I'm going to try to use it weekly, I think. <laughs> you are? Just wherever you can? Why not? Just in that order, though, because dumping mayonnaise is a totally different... Mayo dumper. Just bad. So, yeah, mayo dumper is way better. Well, I'm excited about Hot Tomato Tummer. And the bowl game. Yes. We should get yeah. together for the bowl game. And, December 30th. And the bowl game. Um, thank you for being with us today. Um, you're listening to Scott Wise, Roby Martin, and the d- brand manager of Mayohem, correct? Did I say it right? Mayohem. Mayohem. Duke's Mayonnaise. So we have a date now down in Charlotte. Oh, for the bowl. For the bowl. What if it's Syracuse versus Virginia Tech? I mean, it wouldn't be because they're in the same conference. But what if it was? I feel like you're just trying to confuse me on this sports thing. Oh, stop it! She's playing dumb, folks. She's playing dumb. <laughs> oh, maybe. But you know what? We learned all about the mayo dumpers. So you can call me what you want, but you learned everything. Everything. I know on your social media at Call Me Roby, you get a litany of questions where should i go out to dinner what should i do who serves the best whatever mm-hmm. i want to share with you share with you an experience that i had recently that's going to make you laugh i hope 
Did they ask you if you were Scott while you were in a dressing room? Because it's happened to me. <laughs> that has never happened to me. I don't okay. go to too many dressing rooms, to be quite honest with you. But, all right, so... Ever since we started this podcast in February of 2019, geez, gosh, yep. time ago, I have started getting some questions similar to the ocean of questions that you get. 25 a day? No. Okay. 25 a year, maybe. <laughs> okay. It's mostly people with whom I work. So I get this phone call. A phone call? A phone call. Oh, it might have been a text. I think it was a phone call. <laughs> you know what? It was a text. I'm sorry. It was a text. Still. It was a text. Hit me. And it said, hey... I know you're the guru of restaurants. Guru? Which makes me laugh, because if they only knew. And then they said, I need some advice. I said, sure. Well, how can I help you? And then they said, um, it's graduation day. Uh, this person's child is graduating high school. Okay. And I made a dinner reservation tonight, but I totally blanked about lunch. What advice do you have? And my first question was, well, when is, when, is, when is the graduation? And the response I got was, today. <laughs> I said, oh, well, that's difficult. Helpful. On, a, on okay. a Monday in the city of Richmond. Um, and then I said, okay, we can work with this. For how many people are you taking out to lunch? 18. And I don't know the exact time of when the, <laughs> the, the face you're making right Chicken now. fiesta. <laughs> The, the, uh, that no, 18's a lot. I don't know the exact and, time that the graduation is going to end. And I said, okay. Well, oh, good. You presented a, 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 hard, a hard one for me. Just imagine our restaurateurs, if this is a question that you are receiving. I am so sorry, guys. I said, order some pizzas and find a park <laughs> and go eat them in the park. So anyway, I gave some suggestions. Chicken fiesta. I'm telling you, that is 18 people. Easy. Everybody can get everything. Also, you could go to Pulpetti, which is a to-go sandwich place right there at the Market on Meadow. Um, Europa Food Market has sandwiches. That would be fun. Emilio's is opening another location. He's had a couple in Richmond and will open another one. Excited about that. That was a fun place for sangria. I used to get some really great sangria. He was on the corner over here on Broad Street, like in the... Right, like Meadow and Broad or something? Yep. Um, Right next to the market up um, on Meadow, where Polpetti's is. Wow, circle around there. Um, Very cool. Uh, What else do we have? Sincero closing, sad stuff. Are they closing, or isn't the whole point of of Hatch to, like, incubate people? I think they're going to close. I did hear that... My favorite beau is maybe going to hire a couple of them over at Odyssey. So we'll maybe get some tacos or something fun over there. Speaking of Bo and Odyssey, I heard that your Instagram blew up that place one night. My B. <laughs> supposed to be a little, our little neighborhood secret. <laughs> well, I had the best trout. Yes. I can't help it. I can't help it. Sometimes, really and truly, sometimes Bo explodes my mind with food. And I had truly smoke in chimneys, not smoke in chimneys, like smoke in the chimney trout. I mean, it's so fresh. It's pink. Didn't last very long after you posted it on your social from what I understand. Can't help it when it's so good. It's good. Uh, Is there a new pizza place happening in Carytown? Yep. Is that Anthony's? Anthony's? Owned by Carlos. Carlos owns Anthony's. And what else does Carlos own? Jalapenos. Very cool. Which will be next to Anthony's. And then another little sad closing, biscuits and gravy. I had not actually been to that. That's where the dairy bar was in Scott's Edition. Have you heard they're not selling enough biscuits and gravy, I suppose? I mean, I guess. Uh, I heard it was kind of a late night spot, which maybe 
maybe they'll look to do something else. You know, if I were them, I'm not. But if I were them, I would totally bring back the dairy bar. Right. I mean, that's such such goodwill. I mean, it was, I had not been to Biscuits and Gravy, as I mentioned, but wasn't it basically the dairy bar with a new name? Mm, I don't know. I didn't go to Biscuits and Gravy. I did go to the dairy bar. Yeah. Moving right along. <laughs> I just had to stop. Let's, let's, let's talk about... Some of the great things we had to eat this week. Do you have a, a best bite you want to share with the class? Um, I have a best drink. Oh. Can I do that? I think it's your podcast. So. Yes. Yes. At least half yours. All right. I'm going to show you a photo. Oh. Because I think that you should see it while I tell you about oh, it. Oh, that is gorgeous. There's three. Listener, there are three drinks in the photo. <laughs> so. Hey there, one one person in Keysville, there's three drinks in the... I'm not sure which one is her best sip or entire class, but let us know. So this low battery is at Virago Spirits. And this orange rum drink with the blue flower... Mm, Looks pretty. ...is the funnest summer drink I have had in a while. What makes it so fun? I don't know, the patio of Virago, which like barely anybody is on, which I think everybody who's listening to this is an idiot that they're not there. You heard me. offend our uh, listeners. Well, I'm not trying to offend you. I just want you to know that that patio is gorgeous and something that you... Idiots. Idiots. Um, I mean, I say that gently with with like nice, nice thoughts towards you, but everyone should hit... The Virago. It opens at 4 p.m. and their drinks are incredibly well made. So I had, I'm going to tell you what this drink is, I think. I lie. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just know that it had the, the white Virago rum in it and was crazy. Like, think of like tiki meets Scott's edition. I love that description. <laughs> Idiots. Easy. I had a best bite. Don't this call week. our listeners' names. I had a best bite this week, and hopefully you approve. I won't. It's a sandwich. Oh. Out at Deep Run Roadhouse. Do you I'm ever fam- venture out there on Gayton Road in the West End? When I'm chased. <laughs> no. I, okay. Yes. Yes, I do. Not chased there. I've, it's been a while since I've been to Deep Run. So I, I hear it's really good. I I've love never been to a while. Cuban sandwich. I love French dips and I love Cuban sandwiches. Those are, I think, my two favorite. And steak and cheese. Steak, cheese steaks. Steak and cheese. cheese oh, steaks. So, so something with meat and cheese mashed together. I mean, that's we've, we've discussed this before. Yep. I'm a simple man. This is the barbecue version of a Cuban sandwich. What so exactly they're, is that? They're pulled pork. With a pickle. That is a large pickle. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. He's, uh, Scott is 12. <laughs> Scott is 12. Right. <laughs> Pull for. Get it together. Pulled pork on a pressed bun with mustard, sriracha, cheese, onions, jalapenos, and that large pickle to which Roby referred. It is a big pickle, guys, and it looks really good. That was your best bite. <laughs> Goodbye, you idiots. <laughs> this episode of Eat It, Virgi- Eat It Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia? <laughs> no! Oh, God, no.